Welcome to the Glasgow Baptist Podcast, where each week we bring you the message from our Sunday morning worship service with Pastor Erdie Carter. We want to help you apply biblical truth to your daily life. James chapter 3. James chapter 3. I'm going to encourage you to take your Bibles and go to James chapter 3. If you have a Bible app, turn it on. Uh, if you read a scroll, unroll it to James chapter 3. Wh- whatever it is, but get your copy of God's Word and we'll be at James chapter 3. I've got a confession to make right out of the gate this morning. Every time I read this text, um, this, this is one of those texts for me is always um, convicting. Um, we're going to talk about four truths of the tongue. And the, the thing about it is, I, I know my tongue. I know that, that uh, you know, I don't have, a, I don't have any issues with uh, foul language. I don't have any issues with, with a lot of things. But what I do know is, sometimes in my, my uh, business-like personality, I guess, I don't know how to say that, I can be to the point and think it's okay. Uh, and that that it's you know I'm not I'm not trying to I'm not trying to win awards by by flattery words, you know. Uh, Drew and I have adopted, and Pam is having to live with it. But our 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 motto is "Suck it up, Buttercup," at home. And uh, you know, uh, Pam says that's not our family motto, although she's the one who brought the sign home. I'm convinced if we're ever on a game show and they ask us what's your family motto, we'll be able to say it. You know, we'll, we'll all know what it is. Uh, I, you know, I, I've had that for, from the time I was, you know, a young age. I, I remember working long before uh, my call to ministry, I was working for Goodyear Entire Rubber Company. I was working for dealers and then I finally worked for the corporate office. And um, I always, always, was the youngest person and dealt with people older than my father. And so sometimes that, that brought on um, a lot of headaches for me and it probably made me a little more uh, to the point uh, than, than I needed to be. So my f- first summer of, of, of ministry, I was working for Lifeway Christian Resources, a centrifuge. I'll never forget, there was a conflict on our staff. It was a simple conflict, nothing, nothing major. It was just, just that we didn't communicate the, this, this piece of information correctly. And in one of our, our debriefings before we went to worship and all, somebody began in the room berating me over how I handled it. Again, it wasn't really anything big and we worked it out later. But, but as it kept on, I, I just stopped them and said, okay, we'll talk about that later. They tried to get into that conversation again. I, okay, we'll talk about that later. Later, when they came and we worked it out, that person said, have you had a hard time transitioning from ministry, from business? I said, well, why do you say that? Because you were very businesslike in that we'll move on and handle that later. I said, well, because you don't understand you were in a room of people who were not in the conversation. I wanted to move on and you and I could do this one-on-one. That person said, yeah, but I just, you were a matter of fact. And I've kind of been that way. And sometimes that gets me in trouble. And if, I, if that's gotten me in trouble with you, I'll just start with an apology because that's not my heart. If you know me, you know that's not my heart. 
But when we come to James chapter 3, in the first 12 verses, there's this conversation James has about the tongue and the damage it can do. And I'll just be upfront and honest with you. It is, James hits you right between the eyes in this moment. You know, we've talked about how he, does, shoot, uh, he throws jabs. This one, for, for me, and maybe for you, hits me right between the eyes. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take your Bible, uh, go to James chapter 3, and would you stand as we honor God's word as we read the first 12 verses. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, because you know that we will receive a stricter judgment, for we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's mature, able to control the whole body. Now we put bits into our mouths of horses so that they obey us. We direct their whole bodies and consider ships Though very large and driven by fierce winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the wind, uh, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So too, though the tongue is the smallest part of the body, it boasts great things. Consider how small fires set ablaze a large forest. And the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness, is placed among our members it stains the whole body, sets the course of life on fire, and it itself sets on fire by hell. Every kind of bird, animal, reptile, and fish is tamed and has been tamed by the humanity. But no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we bless our Lord, and Father. And with it we curse people who are made in God's likeness. Blessing and cursing coming out of the same mouth, my brothers and sisters. These things should not be this way. Does a spring pour out sweet and bitter water from the same opening? Can a fig tree produce olives, my brothers and sisters? Or a grapevine produce figs? And neither can salt water spring yield fresh water. You may be seated. Here's a big idea I want you to catch this morning. It's simply this. The tongue is a powerful tool that can be used to encourage or discourage others. Our tongue is one of these most powerful tools. It is the smallest but most deadly weapon we have. So I'm going to give you four truths that we find in this text this morning. The first one is, it has testing power. It has testing power. Now let me, let me, let me explain this to you. James starts there in the first, first verse there in chapter 13, and he begins to say that no one should, should strive to be a teacher. In, in the Jewish culture and in our Western culture, and really in every culture, the greatest privilege a man can have is to stand before people and present the word of God. But in those cultures, there are those people who do, as Jesus says, they, they take the seat of Moses because they desire honor. They desire to be recognized. They desire to, to make much of themselves. 
Listen, if you know anybody who seeks the applause of men more than the applause of God, let me just tell you, stay away. Because when we seek the applause of man, it's all about filling our gratitude, making us look good. When we seek the applause of God, it's all about his glory, his, his greatness. And so James writes and he starts off by saying, hey, no one should be distrived if you have this stumble. Now, here's the thing. Everybody stumbles at some point. What James is saying is not that if you don't stumble, you're perfect because we know that there was only one perfect one and that was Jesus Christ. The rest of us have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and need the grace of God. But what James says is there are those who still stumble with what they say. In fact, let me just put it this way. A careless tongue is a rebellious one. A careless tongue is a rebellious one. Listen, if you know that the Word of God, in fact, let me just say this, if you've never done a study on, on your tongue, on words, those types of things, the Bible is full of Bible verses that talk about how we should talk and behave and how we should present ourselves to one another. Proverbs is full of Proverbs about the, the way we should speak. But a careless tongue, tongue is a rebellious one. So in other words, if you know that you were supposed to be kind with our words because God calls us to, commands us to, and you choose to be rebellious, you're basically saying, I know what I'm supposed to do, but God doesn't understand. I'm bigger than God. And I don't think anybody wants to say that out loud, do you? And so we have to be careful because of this. Now, we've seen this before. Uh, let me, in fact, let me just ask, uh, if you've served in our nation's military, would you just show of hands how many people we've got here that have served? We've got several in the room that have served. And I, let me just say thank you for serving. I appreciate because you have allowed us the freedom to be here this morning. And I doubt anybody in this room has served in, 19, uh, in World War II, but you may have been born during that time. In World War II, the war council, uh, war advertising council came up with a slogan they put posters up all over the place and that poster said loose lips sink ships easy for me to say right loose lips sink ships you'd go places and they had put plastered these posters up and the reason they had done that was because they didn't want servicemen or civilians talking about what the Americans were doing and it get back to their enemy and they get, their plans get ruined. Well, the same thing happens with you and I. Our careless tongue causes us to be a rebellious person and that rebellious person loses in light of the light of who God is. That proverb says it this way. The one who guards his mouth and keeps his tongue himself, he keeps himself out of trouble. The one who guards his mouth and tongue keeps himself out of trouble. Uh, James has already talked about the tongue. He says this in James 1.26. He says, if anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, his religion is what, church? Useless, and he is deceiving himself. Loose lips sink ships. 
You can, if you have a careless tongue, you're a rebellious one. The second thing we find in these opening verses is, is this. Maturity leads to impurities, removes impurities. I'm having a hard time this morning. Maturity removes impurities. James comes down to this and, and says, hey, as you grow, as you mature, you understand. You get to a point in your life where you're no longer as immature as you once were. Maturity happens with time. In fact, um, I've told, told the story before. Um, men, have you learned, have you matured in your marriage? Have you understood who, who and what to say and when to say and when not to say something? Uh, on our honeymoon, Pam and I were uh, about that time go to bed, and I was standing there. I took my wedding ring off, and I laid it on the dresser. She looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, that thing's choking me. I can't wear that. <laughs> Not the wisest thing I said that night. But I got one to beat that. True story of a young couple getting on a plane, and they were going for their honeymoon. The young man sits down on the plane. Uh, they couldn't get their seats together. The young man sits down on the plane next to a businessman. The businessman slides over and says, says, so are you going on pleasure or business on your trip? The young man says, going on pleasure. I just got married. The businessman says, well, congratulations. Where's your wife? Well, she's a few rows back. We couldn't get our seats together. The businessman says, well, I'll tell you what, I'll move and let you all sit together. He goes, no, I've talked to her all week. <laughs> I'm sure he has probably learned to be mature in that relationship. Listen, when we ma mature in Christ, it begins to remove those impurities in our heart. We begin to know what we should say and what we shouldn't say how to encourage, how to be a, a, a blessing. And sometimes we don't, we think we got it and yet we're immature in the way we think and, and that immaturity comes off in our words and we have to be, be careful. David said this in Psalms 143, take control of what I say, O Lord, and guard my lips. Oh, what a mature person David was at the time he writes this. Because he understands that left to his own nature, our sin nature, our tongue can be, can be damaging. Which leads me to the second thing. Uh, it has a destructive power. The tongue has a destructive power. Now in our text, in these verses, we come to this moment and... and James begins to tell us about uh, how a fire starts, a spark. And you and I understand that. We, every summer we, we see on the news of wildfires and we see those things in, in, in different places, California and all. Probably one of the, the closest for us happened in 2016. Um, for us here in Kentucky, the closest wildfire that was any significance happened 2016 was in Gatlinburg. In fact, I had some friends who were, were there when that happened. Yeah, you remember 2016, the, 
the fire came. It burned for 21 days. It took 21 days to, to, to put that fire out in the Smoky Mountains. Covered over 17,000 acres. They had 14 people killed, 191 injured. Um, did something like $2 billion worth of damage. And after the, the fire was put out and after everything took off, the fire marshal finally came out and said, we have found the cause of the fire. Some kids playing with matches on a windy day in a dry season. And it didn't take much. And all of a sudden, everything went up in a blaze. Listen, our tongue has that kind of power. It can be destructive. It can, it can do damage. In fact, let me give you two things. The first thing I want you to see is words cut deep. Our tongue has the power to cut people deep. We can say to somebody, you're no good. You're terrible. You made that? Sometimes we, we say things and, and just by our words, we cut somebody. I don't love you. I hate you. I, I know a couple who left a church because of words that cut deep. They left the church because they were, they felt like somebody was hurting them with their words. The other person just thought they were having fun. Thought it was good fun, didn't think they were hurting somebody. But it was so painful, they said, we got to go. Words can do that. Words can have lasting effects. Which leads me to this other one. Not only do they cut deep, words can leave stains. They can leave stains. Oh, somebody can say, I'm sorry, but that stain is still there. One of the things that they'll find in eastern Kentucky when all the flood has left, they'll still see remnants of the damage of the water. If you've ever been into any area that's been flooded, you will go years later and can still see watermarks and stains and images that, of the damage that was done. James says this in, in these verses, he says, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue, a world of unrighteousness. This, this unrighteousness that he's talking about is not, is not the world, but it's the it's the world inside us. It's the sin nature that's in each one of us. It's this sin nature that, that we are created. We have this nature. It is this unrighteousness that pours out of us. And it is placed among our members. It stains the whole body. It stains the whole body. And sets the course of life on fire. And it is self sits on fire by hell. Proverbs says this, the one who has knowledge restrains his words and the one who keeps a cool head is a person of understanding. Listen, 
Our words can stain. They can do damage. They can cut deep. They're destructive. All these things happen through our tongue. All these things can happen in the blink of an eye. It happens before we know it. Third truth I want you to see about the tongue, it has uncontrollable power. Uncontrollable power. And James, James is honest with us, and, and he tells us that, that all the animals can be tamed. Look, verse 3. Every kind of animal, bird, reptile, and fish is tamed. It's tamed. It can be tamed. It has been tamed by human. Our dog, Daisy, I was telling somebody this morning, we have a golden retriever who, who is like a child, I guess. She thinks she's a lap dog and she weighs, what, 100 pounds, something like this. I, I notice when Drew is not home, um, he, he, we have this Life360 app. And when he gets close to the house, it dings and tells us, hey, he's, he's coming home. Daisy can hear that ding, and immediately she runs to the window. She looks out the window because she, she knows Drew's coming home. And she sits there. She gets up on the couch, wags that tail. She can't wait. And when Drew drives down that driveway, she gets off the couch, and she runs to the sun porch so she can see him go down and park. She's tamed. She can do that. You, you can... You can tame a dog. You can tame a lot of animals. James tells us that. Look at verse 8. But no one, but what? No one can tame the tongue. It's a restless evil full of deadly poison. No one can tame the tongue. And you think, now wait a second. I think I can tame my tongue. Well, let's take a little quiz this morning. Let's just see how we do with taming our tongue. Don't raise your hand. We don't want, you know. Now, if it's somebody sits next to you and you know they're guilty of it, you make sure you hit them real hard. If you want to point at them, that's okay. This is a moment of confession. But when somebody pulls out in front of you as you're driving down the road, what's your first response? Do you yell, scream, I know somebody who, who constantly talks to the car in front of them, and I'm like, do you think it helps them? Do you think they hear? Um, what about when you hit your hand uh, with, a, with a hammer? What comes out? What, what happens when somebody that, that you struggle with brings you to a boiling point? What comes out? And listen, they don't all have to be foul words. It doesn't have to be cuss words. It just has to be that anger, that frustration that is, that is so inside us. But it can also be, can be gossip. I mean, gossip is one of those things that, that is destructive. Gossip can, can ruin a person. I got told one time, 
about a, a phone tree that, that went around with gossip. And, and, and this person says, you know that's happening. I said, what do you want me to do about it? I can't do anything about it. I said, I just don't get in it. You know, gossip. Induendos. Those things where you're hinting, but you're not going to say it. That's still as bad because you want it to happen, but you're just, you just think because you don't say it, you're not falling into the trap, but your heart is screaming it out loud. Or criticism. You criticize everything. It's too hot. It's too cold. Chair's too hard, too soft. Food's too bland, too spicy. Criticism. All those things, all those things that happen inside us, all those things are not healthy. All those things, Paul says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Unwholesome. The word there, the idea is be an encouraging person. Don't be a, don't be somebody who brings them back down. Listen, one bad apple ruins the bunch. And what I've learned over the time is people who, who work in those situations and that's their heart and that's their tongue, that's the way they go, they tend to hang out with each other and everybody else only stands at a distance. No one can tame the tongue. Now, the second thing I want you to catch that we learned from this text is, is an uncontrollable tongue is poisonous. Now, in 2004, there was a website that was launched called Topic. It's no longer in existence. It's been bought out. It's been shut down. Now, the, the people who start this website had in mind that they were going to bring all the news uh, information from all these sources to one place and it would be a forum so to speak where people can respond and talk about the news that kind of thing what it turned out to be is the biggest gossip ring in America uh, it didn't have to it didn't have to be true it just you just had to get on there and say in fact you could do it under a false name and nobody knew it was you it really became a poisonous thing and so, um, in 2011, the New York Times did a, uh, an article on, on a small town in Missouri called Mountain Grove. Mountain Grove was 5,000 people is all that lives in this little community. Small little town. Has one diner. And in this diner, people would gather every morning. They'd have their morning coffee. They'd have their, their conversations over the weather, the basketball team, the football team, the politics that were going on in the world. It was just a small place, fun, fun little community. But here's what happened. This website, this topic website, became... Uh, available to all communities. It was here in Glasgow when we moved here. Um, people would, would get on and talk about different people in the community. Well, this small town of 5,000, the New York Times does this article on it, and it, it destroyed the people in this town. Because people were not coming back to the diner anymore because people were saying things on this website, this forum, about people. And so people didn't want to come to the diner because they weren't sure who in the room was saying the things about them. Saying ugly things. In fact, the, 
the cook of the diner. They interviewed him. On this forum, they talked about his wife having a drug problem, being loose, doing all sorts of ungodly things that were far from the truth. And he had to quit the diner because he'd come out so mad wondering who in the room would say such a thing, come up with such a lie that, that he and his wife just packed up and left town. The article went on to say that the owner of the diner came out and said, you know, this, this forum, this website is nothing but a cesspool for gossip and poison that ruins characters and lives. Listen, it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be a online presence. We ruin people's lives when we begin to gossip and tell stories about them. Oh, you may not think they'll ever find out, but do you realize we live in a small town, even in Glasgow? And it's funny how word gets around. The tongue is uncontrollable. It's dangerous. It, it causes us to because of our sin nature, to do things we know is not right. And the fourth thing we find from this text is that it has revealing power. Revealing power. The tongue is going to reveal who you really are. James closes this section and tells us with that a spring cannot produce sweet and bitter water. It can't, can't do these things. Uh, Our tongue can only, it's going to reveal who we really are. It's going to reveal our true nature. It's going to reveal everything about us. It, the tongue is the smallest, most deadliest tool there is. And while I tell you, no one can tame the tongue, no one human, there is one. That's God himself. The only way you and I can tame our tongue, the way we can get a hold of that, is to surrender to Christ himself. To realize that, that when we give our all, it means our words. It means our thoughts. It means our actions. It means it all. But we have to come to a place where we have to, to realize we've made a mistake, that the tongue has gotten us in trouble. We have to come to a place where we repent. I've told this story before, and I felt like it works well today. 16 years old, I'm working on farms in our community. And uh, I've worked for one dairy farmer, and uh, had, probably my first time working for him. And as I worked for him, he begins to tell me about a friend of mine and, and how he had him work for him. And, and he began to just say, you know, some, he began to tell me the truth that he just, you know, wasn't, he wasn't that hard of a worker. He, he, he probably spent more time video games, those types of things. 16 years old, I hear that news, and I'm hanging out uh, with my friends one, night, one afternoon and said something about working for the guy, and that, that friend said, well, I worked for him one time and never got, a, never got a call back. He never has asked me to come help him. 
Maturity hadn't set in on my part. So I just began to say, well, you know, I'll tell you why. You, he called you lazy. Soft. Marshmallow. You know, I don't know what it, all it said. So I told him. I, I didn't go back to work for that guy. I think I'd worked for him a couple times. I didn't go back to work for that guy. I didn't know why I didn't go back to work for that guy. I mean, I worked on many a farm. I, you know. Finally, my best, one of my best friends who milked for him on the dairy said, Ernie, here's the deal. He liked you, but he can't trust you. You went and told Daniel what, you, what he said about him. Daniel's family went to this family who went to that family who came back to him. It made a mess. I said, oops. I'll never forget driving down that farm road. It was a long road. Parking at that barn. Seeing Dale come out of the house. And I walked up to him and said, I owe you an apology. You told me something that I should have never repeated. My tongue got me in trouble. I'm not sure I said that, but I said, my words got me in trouble. And I apologize. I'm not here looking for a job. I'm just here to make right with you. Fortunately, he accepted my apology. I, I left and I had the privilege to work for that man a few more times. But I had to come to a place in my life where I had to go apologize. And I realize, uh, even as an adult today, three words are hard for a lot of people. I am sorry. But it's not until we come to a place in our life where we will repent and acknowledge our wrong that God can work in us. And so, I told you that as we began this morning, this text, for me, always reminds me that I have to be mindful of what I say and do. Because our sin nature wants to have its way. Our sin nature wants to come out. But God says, I've made all things new. In me, you can find control. In me, you can find forgiveness. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Christ, then that's the beginning step for you to, to be able to control your tongue, your actions, your thoughts, those things. In just a moment in our hymn of invitation, we'll invite you to come. We'll share Christ with you, how, how God doesn't want you to get your life straight before he comes to you. He wants you to just come on because he's the only one who can straighten you out. He knows what you've been. He knows what your past is. He's just ready to receive you just as you are. But chances are there's people in this room who, who are in the same shape that I am, that when we read this text, it's always, a, it's a, always one of those texts that convicts us. And maybe wh where you are, that you just need to this morning ask God to forgive you. Maybe today you need to call somebody and go, hey, I'm, I'm sorry. Maybe you need to come to the altar and just turn it over to God. Whatever the case may be, would you respond to a holy God today? Would you give him control? 
of that which you cannot control. That your tongue in your life. Let's pray together. Father, in this